Hi, I'm Miss Marcy, and you are listening to Conversations with Miss Marcy podcast. If you are looking for watered down conversations, this might not be the podcast for you. I'm just saying. everybody welcome to another episode of conversations with miss marcy i am miss marcy if this is your first time tuning in welcome and thanks for stopping by hope you come back <laughs> and to my continued listeners and supporters uh thank you so much for your continued listening listening and support and i'm um, like i always say to you all you could be listening to any podcast but you choose to listen to this one so for that i do appreciate you all right i hope you guys are having a fabulous week and a wonderful day as I am. So I'm going to get into today's reflection. It is, it says I'm at a point in my life where I just want my family happy, my health good, my mind right, my finances flowing and no drama. That's right. You know what though? Mm. I'm sorry. I'm munching on these good ass pretzels by, um, Snyder's of Hanover. I guess they're like a new taste. It's called it's twisted pretzel sticks seasoned with a buttery blend of spices. Really good. Anyway, anyway, so I wanted to just on that last part where it says flowing and no drama. Here's the thing. None of us like drama, okay? Well, none of us, a lot of us claim we don't anyway. So when it comes to no drama and everything, like I said, that's not something that people really want to, that's something that some people really don't want and some people don't want to admit that they don't want because really quiet as it's kept subconsciously some people really do like drama let me just be honest but anyway my point is um negativity and positivity it can coexist at the same time and the thing about it is it's going to coexist i mean you know you don't have to engage in drama but just know that there will always be negativity and positivity because it balances each other out you know what I mean? So that's why when people be trying to go overboard, acting like they're so fucking positive and full of positive energy, if you notice, like I said before in my previous podcast, a lot of times those be the people who are always into some shit. They're always arguing with people. They're always falling out with people. It's always something with them. I don't understand that though. I really don't understand. Maybe I'm going to do more, um, not investigating, but I, cause I like to know behaviors and understand behaviors. I wonder why it is that people who swear up and down they're so fucking positive they are like negative though they do negative shit and they do things that put them in positions that are just that have that has negative outcomes you know what i mean like and i know y'all know people like that because it's all i mean it's always people like that like for instance matter of fact i was talking to um, one of my good girlfriends this was my childhood friend we were talking earlier and she was telling me about this girl i was asking her about um her classes that she was taking supposed to be like some lash classes now first of all mm -mm. me personally excuse me y'all had to take a sip me personally i wouldn't dare um pay nobody to uh, train me to do no lashes. I mean, hell, I can just jump on YouTube and learn how to do that shit. You can learn how to do everything on YouTube, for real, for real. But anyway, she um, she took the girls' classes and paid $500 or whatever, and she was saying how the girl really wasn't showing up as a instructor. You know, she was just basically 
how I'm taking days off and just half-ass doing shit, wasn't teaching her shit. She would let her watch her do other people's lashes and then tell her, okay, you can go and work on your mannequin now. And the girl didn't even have, the girl doesn't even have a license. The girl is not a licensed esthetician. You know what I'm saying? So, excuse me. Oh my gosh. So anyway, so, so basically just a, just a faulty, uh, fucking fraud ass chick. So my friend was like, yeah, I'm gonna get, she was like, I can't even get my money back, but I'm not taking her classes no more. She can keep the little punk ass $500 or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. The girl, but the girl just sounds shady anyway. So my whole point is my friend was like, yeah, she'd be always posting positive shit. She'd be always posting certain memes and shit on, on social media. I was like, yeah, those be the main ones. They are the ones who are always constantly posting, posting or trying to talk like they so positive. Those are the ones who are not positive. You know, I was watching the show. They're ready to love, matter of fact, and it was this guy on there, and all the women uh, for y'all who watch Ready to who don't watch Ready to Love, what they do is they send these couples, they send not couples, but they send the singles on dates or whatever, and then they uh, nephew Tommy, he's the host, he'll come back and you know uh, bring them all to a one room and ask them, okay, who, so who are you feeling? And then they'll go around, the, all the ladies will say, well, I'm feeling such and such and such and such a because we just have a great chemistry, we do this to do that, I like him, I like his vibe, the energy is good, blah blah blah, and then he'll be like, well, who are you not feeling so then they'll go around and all the women will take turns speaking to who they're not feeling and so it was this one guy on there I remember his name was Laverne and, and he was attractive like when you first look at him I'm like oh he's cute but man when that motherfucker opened his mouth and he got the talking and, and the things that he found humor in I was like Ugh, he's a fucking asshole and I mean just he was he became ugly within a within a matter of seconds so I, you know how you you know how you watch something or you, or even when you know somebody and now you peep something about somebody and you be thinking it's just you that noticed it, or you be thinking maybe you tripping or whatever. I'm watching. I'm like, maybe it's just me, but I don't like this dude. He's easy on the eyes, but man, like I said, when he opened up his mouth, ugh. and so when Tom, when nephew Tommy was asking them who they wasn't feeling, his name came up and they were like, well, yeah, he, he's a uh, very narcissistic. And they was like, and he claims he's so positive, but yet he's so negative and he's so messy. So I'm telling y'all, I know I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. I'm telling y'all, the people who always say that they are, you know, positive or the people who always say that they're nice, I'm telling y'all, those are the ones you got to watch. I'm telling you, those are the ones you got to watch. And I really wonder what the, excuse me, I really wonder what the correlation is because, I mean, I'm not going to square up and down I'm something and I'm not. I don't know. I wonder if maybe it's people who are wanting to believe they are something And it goes back to, like I always said before, you can't grade your own paper. You know, you can't say who you, who you think you are and who you really are. A lot of times are two different people. You feel me? So people that be walking around thinking they all this and all that. I mean, don't get me wrong. You should have confidence about yourself. I mean, we all should, but sometimes you're not who you think you are. You're not as fabulous as you think you are. You're not as bad as you think you are. You're not as nice as you think you are. You're not as fucking positive as you claim to be. You're just not. <laughs> so yeah, I was watching that and I was like, see, that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. And he was a very negative person. He was messy. The dude, the, the dude on Ready to Love. He was messy as fuck. He was negative. He was an asshole. Oh, he was an asshole. And, and at one point when he was being, um, let go, cause they have to tell you, they'll have, 
they'll have you when when they when everybody is not feeling you, they'll more likely vote you off the show. Like, okay, you are not ready to love. <laughs> Nephew Tommy be like, uh, so and so. He be like, I'm gonna use the name Laverne. I'm gonna say the dude name Laverne. You are not ready to love. <laughs> but anyway, so they had him go on a date with this girl. With what was her name? Was it Sabrina? I can't remember the girl. I can't remember the girl. But it took a, they sent them on a date so she could let him know that, hey, you're not ready to love. And then they, that's when they got to go pack that shit and go back home. He would not let her get it out. He knew it was coming. He was argumentative. Oh, my God. He was a fucking asshole. He was trying to turn everything. He was trying to deflect. It, it was crazy. This was season uh, four. Was it season? No, season five. Is it this? This season five? Yeah, I think it was season five. Yeah. So anyway, dang, that time went by fast. But anyway, so yes, I'm just saying that to say that, yeah, people who swear up and down, they this and that. And I know I talked about this before, so I don't want to be, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to bore your, your, your ears off with it, whatever. But I'm just making that point. Just that reflection kind of made me think about that. But anyway, so moving right along. I hope you guys are having a great week. I'm having a very pretty, I'm having a pretty good week. Uh, very productive. I made somebody's day yesterday. Oh, and it felt so good. This is a friend of mine. Um, matter of fact, mitigated, mitigated. Y'all know he, he's been on the show a few times, mitigated golf. So his birthday, uh, was yesterday and, um, I hadn't talked to him since, uh, probably like in March or something like that. Yeah, we hadn't talked since about March, probably early part of March. And, 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 you know, we've both been kind of busy, just, you know what I'm saying, just, you know, living our lives or whatever. So, like I said, his birthday was yesterday. So, what I did was I surprised him. I got him a card and, you know, a little gift card or whatever. And uh, I put it on his door. You know, I went by his place or whatever. And he wasn't home when I went by. So, I just kind of like, you know, put it like... um you know, secured it in his door, whatever. And, um, so when he got off from work or when he came home, period, I don't know. But when he came home, he saw it and he called, he texted me. He said, Oh my God, thank you. You know, he was just like, Oh, he was just so, you know, you could tell, you could tell he was just so moved by that. And sometimes it just be the little things. And so, you know, when, when your birthday come around, I know me, when my birthday come around, I don't really, I don't be expecting anything from anybody. You know what I mean? I, if a person does something, it does surprise you. Like, oh my gosh, you know, it's so sweet because you, like I said, I don't expect anything from anybody. I'm cool with just a, a telephone call or a text saying happy birthday, you know? So when people do things, and even if it's little things, and when somebody does it, like I said, I hadn't talked to him in a couple of months. So as far as he was concerned, I probably forgot about his birthday because I didn't text him or call him none on his birthday. So when he got home later on, you know, here it is, you pull up in your driveway or whatever, and you see something on your door and it's like, oh, and it's from your homegirl, you know, or your homeboy that you haven't talked to. And you, you know what I'm saying? You, you not expecting them to remember your birthday. You ain't mad if they don't remember because you know everybody, you know, you know, some people don't forget intentionally. Hell, they just, you know, charge it to the, you know what I'm saying, charge it to their, you know, schedule and not their heart. You know, they ain't purposely trying to not remember your birthday, but you know. So I thought that was good. It made me feel good that that um that he he was very um he was just very um pleased by that, you know. And um yeah, so I, you know, told him some other kind words and he was just like, Man, you know, 
he was just like, you know, and I was like, well, you know, you deserve your flowers, you know, you know, cause he, he, he's been a good friend. He's a good friend of mine. So, so yeah, anyway, um, so what's going on today? What's been going on out here? Um, so the Real Housewives of Atlanta is back, y'all. I'm gonna have to rewatch the episode because I kind of thought it was a little boring. They don't have Portia on there. They don't have Nene, of course. Nene trying to sue Bravo. Oh my gosh. I don't think she should be doing that. That's crazy. Like, oh my gosh. Why would you... Oh my God. When you was eating off Bravo, you was good. But now all of a sudden you're trying to, um, file a lawsuit for what she's trying to do. It's trying to, is she trying to file a lawsuit of, uh, being blackballed or blacklisted or something like that? Trying to say that Kim Zosiak made racist comments, but why would you wait years later? Her and Kim ain't been on there in years. So why would you wait all these years later to try to sue Bravo? Like you just look like you bitter. And I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to be honest. You look like you bitter and you salty because the show did well without you when you left. Cause when Nene left, you know, she went on to, she went on to do other things. And I think she didn't think that show would still move forward without her. I, I don't think she thought the, the show was going to still be successful without her because y'all know Nene was like, pretty much the star of the show you know so but when she moved on and she went to go do glee and um other other uh projects or whatever i think she thought you know she the show wasn't gonna survive without her but it did it thrived without her and you know she was talking about how she had donald trump checks calling someone telling people she was a rich bitch and all this type of stuff but yeah it just makes her look bitter at this point like you saw it because candy got a spinoff show or whatever you know candy um what was Candy's spinoff show? Candy had, did Candy? Have, yeah, Candy has some type of spinoff show. Candy has something. Basically, she's been benefiting really, very, very, very well off the platform. And then, you know, Portia had her spinoff show. And I mean, Kim Zosiak had hers. And so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so Nene's not on there. Portia's not on there. And I like Portia on there. I really did. So I don't know what they're going to do. I think they need to recast this whole show. They're trying to, um... I guess they're hoping that Marlo and Kenya, you know, and Candy will carry it. So it's Marlo, Kenya, Candy. They brought back Sheree and, um, they have Drew Sedora and this new girl. I don't even know who she is for real, for real. She don't seem that interesting. So yeah, I've been watching Real Housewives of Atlanta since 2008, since they first debuted, baby. So I've been a true, like, you know, Peach fan or whatever. And... I, this is the first season. I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I might not, might not stick around for this. This is, this might be where I fall off. I'm gonna give it up to about episode three, and if it ain't, it, listen, if it ain't giving what it needs to give, I'm out of here. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So, anyway, I saw that. I saw um. Not too long ago, before I got on the microphone, that Dave Chappelle got attacked. TMZ showed a video. Um, they had a video of Dave Chappelle get he got attacked at the um, the um, Netflix some type of um, Netflix awards or something like that. Um, see, this is exactly what I was talking about. He got bum rushed while he was like wrapping up the show or whatever. And Chris, uh, Chris Rock was there. Um, Jamie Foxx was there. Um, uh, let me see. Dave Chappelle attacked on stage during a stand-up set. Y'all, this is crazy. 
I'm just like, see, this is what I'm talking about. Like I said, this is exactly this is this is exactly what I thought was gonna happen. You know, let's go to let's listen to the report, okay, real quick. Then I'm gonna come back and finish. Like, what do you oh think? god! Damn advertisement. Dave Chappelle attacked on stage Tuesday night. The 48-year-old comedian was tackled mid-set as he performed at the Los Angeles Hollywood Bowl as part of the Netflix is a Joke Festival. The Los Angeles Police Department confirms to ET that they responded to an incident around 10.40 p.m. After the suspect, identified as 23-year-old Isaiah Lee, jumped on stage armed with a handgun replica. The suspect was detained and booked on $30,000 bail. Y'all hear that shit? A, a, a replica. My thing is this. First of all, mm-mm. if y'all see this video, this guy is literally running up to the running up to the stage. First of all, uh-uh. First of all, I don't even like the fact that he was able to get up that close. I don't even like the fact that when he was running up there, he should have been stopped by security. Period. Before he even got. A, let me tell you something. If I'm a comedian. Or anybody of any of any of any entertainment in any capacity of entertainment, and I gotta take the stage, and I'm in a position where somebody could do that to me. First of all, I'm gonna have a fucking problem with security. Second of all, I I just how was he able to get that close? This dude ran. He had a little minute before he actually got up there to him, before he actually made contact with Dave Chappelle. If I'm a comedian, ain't no way in hell nobody from the, from, you know what I'm saying? Nobody from the audience should be able to run up the steps and make contact, bodily contact with me like that. No, I'm going to have a fucking problem with security, but Dave Chappelle, he was a sport about it. And let me let y'all, let me finish on him before I. After the incident, fans caught this video of the suspect on a stretcher outside of the venue. Yeah, he got beat the fuck up. Run up and get done up, okay? An eyewitness tells ET that Chappelle did a good job at dodging the actual tackle. Adding that before anyone could understand what was happening, security was able to remove the suspect from the stage. Quote, there were a few moments where the audience were confused what was going to happen afterwards. Well, that's when the comedian's good friend, Chris Rock, who performed at the festival before Chappelle, returned to the stage to make a joke, naturally asking... Was that Will Smith? (laughs) Of course, that was a reference to when Smith slapped Rock during the 2022 Oscars after he made a joke about the Oscar winner's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. And Chappelle, he handled the whole thing like a boss. I've been doing this 35 years. I just stomped the nigga backstage. I always wanted to do that. Everybody compose yourselves. I wanted this to be a peaceful moment, and I'm sure now it is. The funny man even gave props to his friend, Jamie Foxx who he said was right by his side, ready to defend him. Shout out to Jamie Foxx, by the way. Whenever you 
to show up in the sheriff's hat. I thought that was part of the show. I don't know what the fuck. I, I, I grabbed the back of that his head. His hair was spongy. Absorbent. And Fox, he gave that love right back to his pal. Listen, I just want to say, man, I, I've had an incredible time. This man is an absolute genius. We got to make sure we protect him at all times, man. This is what it's about. For every comedian that comes out here, man, this means everything, man. You're a genius, you're a legend. I enjoy myself thoroughly, and we're not going to let nothing happen to you. That's right. Give it up. Hey, I agree with Jamie Foxx. I was thinking the same thing. Like, at first, it looked like it was part of the show. <laughs> mm. But I'm glad to hear that he got his ex. <clears throat> Excuse me. Damn, this is why I shouldn't be eating and drinking while I'm <laughs> doing my podcast. <laughs> Damn. Anyway. <laughs> um, But I'm glad to hear he got his ass kicked. He got his ass stunk. Good. Good, Okay. And that's an example to anybody else who want to run up on a com- comedian on stage. I just don't agree with that shit. And I knew it. I said it. I said it when, when the whole Will Smith and shit, uh, Chris Rock happened. I said, watch. People going to be thinking they, people going to be ballsy enough to jump up. You know what I'm saying? And run up. You know what I mean? And try to run up on com- comedians. That's not cool. Mm-mm. mm mm I'm telling y'all. And it's going to happen again with somebody else. I'm telling y'all. But I'm glad that Dave Chappelle was able to, you know, he like she said, he was a good sport about it. Shit, Chris Rock was a good sport about it, but that don't mean um, the shit need to be happening. And it don't mean that something don't need to be done, you know, in terms of protecting these comedians. Shit, they're doing their job. You, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to be, you know, in a position where you, somebody gonna run up on stage on your ass. And it looked like they had, to, it looked like it was, excuse me, Looked like it was a good show. Looked like it was funny too. Like they had a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, you got Chris Rock, Jamie Foxx, and Dave Chappelle. Like, man, I would have liked to have been there. So yeah, so he 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 handled it well, and and Dave Chappelle's okay, whatever. And I'm glad the dude got his ass kicked. So moving right along. <laughs> so anyway, mm. um, I saw online this um. There was a, a thing. There was this. There's this realtor in Dayton, my hometown, and she had this home. It was themed after the show Friends. Y'all remember Friends? And the house was themed after Friends. It was so cute that at first she was using it as an Airbnb for months, but now it's on the market. I wonder if it's sold already. I remember when I read about it, it said she had some offers on it pending or whatever. So. I thought that was interesting. I think that's a cool idea for people who want to do Airbnbs and stuff to kind of, you know, make things out of them and stuff. That's pretty cute. I thought that was cool. So anyway, yeah, it's, um, it's, um, it's a, I think it's a good, it's something that, it's something to think about, you know? So anyway, it's so funny. I was talking to my friend about entrepreneurship and um, she was telling me about some ideas that she had and I, she she's going to do it in Atlanta because that's where she's going to be living. And I said, girl, you better hurry up and put that idea to work, put that shit in motion before a candy and Todd uh, come up with the idea and, and, and start, you know what I'm saying? Using it because candy ain't like she said on her little intro on the Real Housewives of Atlanta this season. She said, honey, I, I don't miss a beat or a bag, honey. She ain't, girl. I 
want to go to her restaurant. I want to go to Blaze, the seafood place. My A couple people I know went to Old Lady Gang. They said the food was pretty cool. They said it was okay, actually. Some people said it was okay, but I don't hear people talking about Blaze, the seafood restaurant. Mm-hmm. When I go that next time I go down to Atlanta, I'm try to get over there and go see what it's talking about. See if it's see if the look, see if the food is giving what it needs to give, okay? For real. I know that one restaurant I was telling y'all about, the one where they had the damn uh, cotton candy for $85. Shit. I hope that food was giving what it needs to give shit. Cause ain't no way in hell I'm paying that much for no damn cotton candy. $85 for some cotton candy, darling. No. Not that serious. It's not. Anyway. So, anyway. So, I saw, I heard that, I'm not going to say I saw, I mean I heard. I heard that um, the Dayton Police Department, they're actually about to about to open up a lot of cold case files. And um, they were talking about... Um, this one particular case, I think that they're, they're that they're actually about to work on, or whatever. Um, a woman named Brenda Brenda Gaddis, and she was killed. I think back in like nineteen was it ninety. She was killed somewhere in like nineteen ninety something like that. And this is public information. And um, they're about to open up her case. And um, I I think that I think that um. Oh, I'm sorry. I think that that's uh, good that they're opening up cold case files because the thing about it is when a, when somebody loses their loved one, can you imagine, you know, you when you lose your loved one, um, they're murdered like that, um, and you go through life not understanding or not knowing, you know what I'm saying, um, who the killer was. And so you're suspicious of people. You're suspicious of everybody. You know what I mean? Um, here it says, nearly three decades ago, detectives had few details in the murder investigation of Dayton mother, um, but with but with new technology and evidence that's recently surfaced, investigators are a step closer to finding her killer. You know, um, Brenda Gaddis, she was 33. She went missing on November of 1990. We didn't see her anymore after Thanksgiving that year, says her daughter, Yolanda Gaddis. This is, this is on the, um, this is Dayton Daily News. Um, she had been at a boyfriend's house earlier in the morning helping him cook and was at her family's house during that day. Um, that was said by Dayton um, police detective Patty Tackett, which she's actually, Patty Tackett has retired now from the cold case uh, unit. So I, I don't know who, what detective they would, you know, who would be um, taking over now. But I know Patty Tackett just retired as of April of 2021, I believe. And um, so her daughter was nine at the time. And a friend of mine who actually went to school with her daughter, Yolanda, said that they had just took a field trip um in an in the area this like I said we were all kids you know this was in the 90s early 90s or whatever and they had just taken a field trip in that area and she said that a few days later they found that's when they found Miss Gaddis Yolanda's mom Yolanda was her classmate can you oh my gosh so it's just crazy but I'm I was glad to hear and I'm talking I'm talking about this because I was glad to hear 
that they are opening up a lot of these cold cases because I know a few people who were murdered, you know, in my hometown where the case was never, you know what I'm saying? The murder, the, um, the murderer was never found. They were never brought to justice. And like I said before, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you sit back and you never know. You can only imagine how these people feel. You don't know. Hell, you know, you could be friends with the killer or whatever. You might be dating the fucking killer. You never know. You never know what people did in their past in their past life. And is it just me? Or does it seem like the 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 eighties and the nineties were like rough for kids? I was watching. Um, so. Y'all know I'll be watching Fatal Attraction and, and um, uh, For My Man, okay? Like, I I kind of just listen to it while it's on, while I'm working or whatever. And there was a there was a case um, about a man named Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. And I remember that case when I was little. I remember hearing about it because I remember being scared to go outside. Like, oh, my gosh. Because, you know, we heard that they were kidnapping people. They were kidnapping kids and they were killing people and stuff. And this was a sick-ass couple, this Deborah Brown and Alton Coleman. They were sick as fuck. Alton Coleman had an obsession with little girls and shit. And he was dating a woman. And basically, he was dating her. He was from the Chicago area. He was dating a woman and had took her and her mom to the, um, um, to the, um, fair or something like that one day. And when they came back, he asked if he could take the daughter. The daughter was, her daughter was like nine years old at the time. He asked if he could take her daughter somewhere. Basically he wanted her daughter to go with him alone. And the mother, kind of hesitant at first but then she agreed to let her go with him mind you she didn't really know Austin Coleman like that you know what I'm saying like she ended up letting her go with him though and you know he basically took her somewhere strangled her and all this kind of stuff basically you know and I can only imagine the guilt and the the hurt that that mom felt all those years after you know what I mean after that and I'm just saying that to say that it just seemed like in those days um now I'm not, I'm not talking about the kids who got kidnapped and stuff like that, but it just seemed like a lot of parents were more trusting of people, uh, with their children in, in the eighties and nineties. And I think it's because people who were parents in the eighties and nineties, you know, they grew up in like the fifties, sixties and seventies and stuff. So in those era, you know, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, it wasn't that harmful to kids. I'm not saying nothing was happening to kids, but it wasn't as, it wasn't as bad. So I think because they didn't have that issue in their era growing up, they didn't think nothing of it. You know, they didn't think they, you know, they didn't think nothing of it during when they had their kids. Because I look at like stories from back when I was a kid and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I've been hearing about stuff and I'd be like, oh my goodness. So yeah, because nowadays, uh-uh, I ain't trusting nobody. If I, if I, if, mm-mm, if, if I got a child, I ain't trusting no, I mean, no, you just can't, mm-mm. I mean, well, you have to trust somebody at some point, but I'm just saying like no new boyfriends or no crazy shit like that. Like, uh-uh, yeah, she just let her go with him. I mean, mm-mm. So anyway, uh, let me see. Hold on. So here is, hold on. This is them speaking. Let me see. Let me see what they, hold on. 
see, you know, with technology being what it is today and, um, you know, DNA, you know, being able to be traced back to see back in them day, back in the days, back in like the eighties and nineties, they didn't have the sophistication of, um, technology and everything. So when it came to DNA tracing and everything, they didn't really have it. So I believe that's why a lot of these cases are, um, cold cases or whatever. But I do think that now, you know, so much time has, you know, passed or whatever. And like we all know, we always know somebody knows something. Somebody knows somebody that knows somebody that knows something about it. You know, it's just a matter of, of pe- people want to come forward. And I think that uh, sometimes people are afraid to come forward about stuff or they are just, you know, they feel like, oh, you know, um, it, it, you know, they just, for whatever reason, they don't come forward, you know? Um, but I can only imagine, you know, I think if I knew something about a cold case murder, I, I probably would come forward. I mean, because you got to think this, that's families, people don't really get to heal. Like they, you know, they don't, they don't get that closure that they need, that they so desperately need when they lose a loved one like that. And then, you know, the killer's not brought to justice. I mean, it's just, it, it's so unfair. And just like, um, there was a police officer, Kevin Brame, he was killed. I saw his story too he was killed uh i think it was 1999 he was um he just left from um a family gathering and he was taking his two sons back to their um mom which is his which was his estranged wife or whatever i don't know if they were divorced already or they were just separated i don't know but they weren't living they were not together at that time and so he was taking his sons back to their house to you know back home and they said that the, the according to reports as he was walking back to his car, he still had his keys in his hand and everything. He was walking back to his car and he was basically ambushed from behind and they're still looking for his killer, you know, to this day. That happened, like I said, at what, 1999? So it's just, you just, you know, as as a person, as a human being, you can only imagine being in, in, in these people's shoes, you know, the, the loved ones of these, of these, of the victims. Um, and then you go through life being suspicious of everybody. You just never know. You be like, mm, I wonder, you know what I mean? You know, you never know who you are coming in contact with. It's just, it's just crazy and it's scary. You know, um, just like speaking of which, speak, speaking of which, so one of my best friends, her mom had dated a guy. This was back in the, I think early two thousands or whatever, dated this guy, met him. He seemed so sweet and nice and everything. And, um, basically he was very generous with his money and everything. He was just seemed like a nice guy, just very charming guy or whatever. And she went on to date him and everything. And, um, but she said that he seemed, um, distracted at times, you know, when they were together. And she said she could just tell that he was dating other women. And so she said that she actually just went ahead and told him like, Hey, we could just be friends. And she said that pissed him off. Oh my gosh. That pissed his ass off to the point of like, he, this is what he told her. Now this is some crazy shit. And this is what I mean by you never know who the fuck you're dating or whatever. Um, so once she told him that they could just be friends and he got pissed, he became very upset and he threatened her and told her that he was going to cut her body up into small pieces and no one was going to be able to ever find her body. 
she said that did not sit well with her because you know sometimes a, a motherfucker can threaten you and you be like oh whatever but then sometimes uh-uh well me personally hell i i ain't taking no threat lightly i'm not gonna just chalk it up as all he just made it just talking shit no you gotta take that shit seriously this day and age so well period you know so um he told her that and she said that that just did not sit well with her and um he turned around and came over to her house at like two in the morning with no shoes on asking let's go to breakfast and she said well i gotta work in the morning and so she said it just spooked her out so she ended up um she ended up like leaving and moving from where she was living at and she said that he ended up finding where she lived finding out where she lived came to her house and everything and like just try to make a scene and try to get physical and stuff and so she ended up um calling she ended up like uh, ringing her alarm um she said her she off she offset her alarm or whatever so the police were you know they, they alerted the police or whatever and so as the police were on their way the police were on their way um and he left because he knew they were coming so he left and so she said the police told her like, okay, he'll probably, he probably won't even come back. Well, later on, like, you know, when she went to sleep or whatever, honey, she said at 530 in the morning, that motherfucker came back and got on top of her roof and tried to cut her alarm. Oh my God. Y'all hear me? Oh, that is so fucking scary. So he tried to cut her alarm, but because he was tampering with the alarm, it still went off and alerted the police. And I guess he ran again or whatever. But I'm like, oh my gosh. I told her, I said, I'm so glad you got away from him because it sounded like, you know, he was, he, I mean, he just was crazy as shit. So, but he ended up, you know, finally, um, going on about his business or whatever. And, you know, he finally just stopped harassing her and shit like that. And see, if something had happened to her, that would, that would have been a fucking, lawsuit against the police department because it's not like she didn't call them she called them but they assume oh he's not coming back and he did come back now what if he man mm -mm, mm -mm. when he came back and tried to cut that alarm what if he uh -uh, that is just so scary so anyway so um after that like i said he went on about his business she went on about her business or whatever then after that like um maybe like I don't know if it was like a year later or some months later but um because the way my friend's mom knew him was they all worked together they used to work uh, my friend's mom is a nurse and um she worked at the prison at the time and he worked there as well so that's how they knew each other well another young lady that he dated she worked there also well she actually came up missing this other young lady okay she came up missing and actually, this was just on um, True Crime. I actually saw it on True Crime. True Crime. Uh, what is it? True Crime Daily or Daily Watch or something like that. But it was on there. And um, so anyway, um, so the young woman came up missing. Her name was Nikki McCowan. Okay, she came up missing. And so they're like you know, trying to figure out what happened. Um, she, this was in 2001 when she came up missing July of 2001. So, um, now she lived in Richmond, Indiana. However, she worked at the prison in Dayton. So she would commute. 
so she came up missing so uh, first her fiance became a suspect because she, she was actually engaged at the time so her her uh, fiance became a suspect you know because they said he was even acting weird at the time like he sold they were literally about to get married i think they were like a week away from getting married um his name was bobby webster that's who she was engaged to so they said that he like i think he like started like he sold the wedding rings or some shit as if he knew she was gonna she was not coming back or some shit um so they thought he acted suspicious they ended up you know, they ended up um, finding him not to be, you know, a person of interest or whatever. Um, so three months after she came up missing, because she came up missing as she was doing laundry at the laundromat in Richmond, okay? In Richmond, Indiana, she was doing laundry. And so after she came up missing, okay, three months after she came up missing, they found her car in Dayton. Her car was found in Dayton and still had, you know, her laundry in there and everything. Her car was found in Dayton by Meadows of Catalpa Apartments. And anybody who's listening from Dayton know where those apartments are. So they found her car over there. And so they ended up putting two and two together and finding out that the guy who my friend's mom dated, his name was Tommy Swint. Tommy lived over in that area. So they started to investigate him now as they are investigating him they really can't find anything to really tie him to her other than the fact that they had some type of relationship and i believe that he was also like i think he was someone that her family knew as well but he definitely indeed had an you know he had a relationship with nikki now, some people were saying maybe the fiance had something to do with her coming up missing because he knew about her relationship with, uh, you know, Mr. Swint or whatever, but they were not able to prove anything. So anyway, so they're investigating him, Mr. Swint. And, uh, so at this point he's now a person of interest in the missing case of Nikki McCowan. Okay. So then, uh, Tommy Swint ends up, you know, leaving the, the, prison or whatever and he goes on to become a police for the Trotwood department for the uh, Trotwood police department he ended up becoming a cop so as he becomes a cop over there you know they're like uh, you know the, the they're like um, you know his previous employer they're like um, they sit down and talk to the um, you know the police department or whatever they're like did he let you guys know that he's a, a person of interest in the Nikki, the, the missing case of Nikki McCowan? And they're like, no, he didn't let us know that. So they go to Tommy and they're like, hey, you know, we're either going to fire you or you're going to have to resign. So they forced him to resign. So when he left, he ended up suing the, I think it was the Richmond the police, the Richmond police department or whatever. Or yeah, he ended up suing the police department. And when he sued them, it garnered a lot of media coverage, okay? So his face was all over the TV screens and blah, blah, blah. He tried to sue them for wrongful termination, okay? So as he's being plastered all over the television screens or whatever, somebody recognized him and they called in, an anonymous tip called in to the police department and said, hey, I think you guys need to look into him for uh Tommy Swint. I think you guys need to I know you guys are he's a person of interest in the Nikki McCowan missing case. 
But I think you also need to investigate him for the murder of Tina Ivory, which was 16 years prior. Okay. So here this man is, you know, went on to date other women, blah, 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 blah. But 16 years prior, somebody's recognizing him for a murder. Now, Tina Ivory was a young woman. And I actually know Tina Ivory's family. Um, she's a young, she was a young woman who was killed in 1991. Her body was found along, alongside a road, you know, um, she was wrapped in a blanket or something like that, or, um, she was wrapped in a blanket or something, I think. And basically, um, yeah, that her, her case became a cold case because that was in 1991. Now, in 2001, Nikki McCown's body comes up missing, and a tipper has said, hey, y'all need to look into this man, Tommy Swint, for the murder of Tina Irie from 16 years prior. So they do just that. Now, when he um, came aboard of the Trotwood Police Department, he had to give DNA, um, fingerprints and stuff like that. Well, because they already had that in their database, they were able to go back and trace the semen that was found on Tina Ivory's body and the fingerprint that was found on the blanket that she uh, was wrapped in and and sure enough it was a match to Tommy Swint oh my gosh like that is just crazy as fuck so they brought him into the police department and sat him down and said hey you know we got reason to believe that you killed Tina Ivory years ago we found your DNA everything blah 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 we found it he of course he tried to deny it no 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 I was a meat it was a meat like okay motherfucker DNA don't lie men lie women lie DNA does not lie so he lied or whatever but they let him leave which is why I don't understand why the fuck did they let him leave so they let him leave the police department he goes and he goes to Alabama okay so um they get an indictment and everything, and then they go, you know, they 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 basically, um, they basically, um, you know, come in on him, um, you know, about, they're about to come in on him and arrest him, and what do you know, this motherfucking coward shot himself in the head, okay, shot himself in the head. So, I'm just saying, like, you never know who is who. Here it is. He killed a woman 16 years ago. And then now, I mean, you you see the crazy that like, even with my friend's mom, like how the fuck, you know, you know, he just even making that type of threat. Oh my gosh. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to, somebody tell you they're going to cut your body up into little pieces. Oh, that is just scary. You hear me? And yeah. And then my friend's mom, she could have been his next victim. You know? Somebody get on top of your roof and cut your... Mm-mm. 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 So, um, to this day, though, Nikki McCallum's body has still not been found. And that's so sad. Yeah, she's been, she was missing since July, of, July 22nd of 2001. Um, just three weeks before her, uh, her uh, wedding... Mm-mm-mm. Well, I, I hope that, you know, the family finally, you know, finally finds her body because I mean, I, I don't, I don't doubt that 
Tommy Sweat is not the killer. I don't doubt that at all. But his ass is dead now. So, and ain't no telling who else he killed. He's killed. Um, during that time that he was um, harassing my friend's mom, a police officer um, mysteriously was killed in a fire. Okay, mysteriously, and I say that because the police officer was actually another friend of, he was a friend of my friend's mom. And, um, this was why Tommy Swint, Swint was harassing her and everything, you know, that police officer ended up confronting him. And so I think that, yeah, I mean, I'm just, that's just my speculation that, uh, he probably has something to do with that as well. Cause they never found out like what happened to the police officer. Why did he, why did he burn up all of a sudden in a fire? but you know um it said months I'm going back to um, Nikki McCowan so it said months later on November 3rd 2001 some of Nikki's clean laundry was found in her fiance's car that was located in the parking lot of a Dayton Ohio apartment complex Bobby Webster's GMC Jimmy was the car Nikki had been driving the day she disappeared Ultimately the, ultimately, the car didn't help investigators understand what happened to Nikki. Yeah, that's so weird. I mean, that is weird. Like, okay. Then in 2010, Tommy Swint, a person of interest in Nikki's case, committed suicide after being indicted in Ohio for an unrelated 1991 murder. That was the murder of Tina Ivory. Um, I'm, um, this is what the family is saying. That is just so sad. Yeah, but I hope that, um, I was glad that they found, um, they found justice for Tina Ivory because like I said, I know her family personally. I know them very, I know them very well. I know them personally. So, you know, um, I was glad that they found justice for her. Um, but it's just unfortunate that it sounds like Nikki McCallum's family may never know, you know what I mean, where her body is, you know, that's just, man. Um, so yeah, I mean, you just never know who you're dating, you know, you know what I mean? Like you just never know. It's just crazy. Which brings me to something else I saw that was interesting. Um, on, um, I was looking, um, um, the other day, whatever. I mean, no, this was what yesterday. I think I saw this yesterday. Where, okay, Kim Kardashian, you know she's dating that guy, Pete Davidson or whatever. And um, so they're speculating that he, okay, he has some initials tattooed on him. And they're speculating that it's the children of Kanye and Kim's names. Uh, Saint, North, um, Psalm, and what's the, um, hold on, Saint, North, Psalm and I didn't even realize I'm gonna tell y'all something. I didn't even realize Kim and um Kanye had had that many kids. You know what I'm saying? I didn't like I didn't know that they had that many kids or whatever. But anyway, so they're they're speculating that he has went and got her hers and Kanye's children's name tattooed on them, on him, okay? That's a little creepy, I think. Okay, because they haven't even been dating that long. And even even if they had been dating that long, I why are you getting their children's names tattooed on you if that that if that is in fact their initials? If if that is, you know what I mean? Um it's just crazy. So my point is this. I think as a mother, um um 
I'm kind of like not feeling that. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a mother. I'm talking about as for Kim as as a mother. It's, it's for Kim being a mom. I'm not feeling that um, because I know some people are speculating that she's doing that to um, that she and Pete are doing this to talk Kanye because they want to see him flip out. Excuse me. And I think Kim wants to feel justified and feel like okay, you know. Um, Oh, Chicago. That was the other child's name. So it's North Chicago, Saint, and Psalm. Okay. So my thing is, I think she's, her and, they're saying that her and um, Pete Davidson are trying to taunt Kanye. And if that's the case, that's just, just, I mean, that goes beyond disrespectful. It's just fucking stupid. It is whack and it's corny. You know what? For the Kardashians to be so rich and just so fabulous aesthetically, they are so fucking ghetto. They remind me of the people on the soap operas. Me and my mom was talking about the soap operas today, The Bold and the Beautiful. How everybody's just sleeping with each other and they're just like a fucking hot mess. These are people with money, but they are so fucking messy and they exude just real low life behavior they do and I know a lot of people love the Kardashians and I'm not I'm not against the Kardashians I just never I've never really followed them so I've never kept up with the Kardashians um I've really only kind of know about them because they're I mean the media is going to make you know about them whether you want to know about them or not so I, I literally the things that I know about the Kardashians is not because I watch the show it's not because I even really follow them it's just I, I they're always in the media <laughs> so basically and like I said I'm not a Kardashian hater or nothing like that I don't hate them I'm just just speaking my honest opinion like I think that for them to be the the the, the quote-unquote caliber of people that they are it, they're they they're real fucking fucking low life. I mean, they do a lot of low life things, and like for instance, I mean, you know, just the whole, just all the attention whoring and and just just a, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying attention whoring is low life because a lot of a lot of people on social media be attention whores. You don't have to be a low life to be attention whore, but I'm just saying like a lot of the things that they do is just 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 low life behavior, you know getting with their friends men and um you know just just everything i mean like for instance her and Kanye, her and kanye have been married all these years and i don't think neither one of them need to be trying to move on and date other people i think it's fucking stupid people don't realize that a lot of times when you go through a divorce there's a healing that needs to take place and that means not even dating anyone but i think when you're in that position or you in the you're in the um limelight like they are you are kind of forced to look like you're moving on and the worst thing people want to do is look like they're unhappy, divorced and unhappy and miserable and everything, especially if the other person has moved on and started having kids and all that type of shit with another person. The, you know, the person who hasn't moved on just yet, they, they feel this, it's like this pressure to look like they're moved on and they're unbothered and all that type of shit. I can't believe Jennifer, um, Jennifer, um, JLo, Jennifer Lopez is back with being Affleck. I just found that out last, what, last week? Because, I mean, I don't really be keeping up like that with this shit sometimes. So, I'm like, damn, she back with Ben Affleck? I mean, don't get me wrong. I always thought they were a cute couple. But, man, ooh, I, I hope it works out for them. But, anyway, so, back to Kim and Kanye. So, yeah, I think that they both ha- are trying to, like, force themselves to, like, kind of, like, move forward or whatever. Just to look like they're moving forward. And I don't really think that this is going to last with um, Kim K and Pete Davidson. I mean, he's, like, what, in his fucking 20s? And he just seems kind of, no, he just seems not mature enough. I mean, come on, like, 
Kim has four kids, and I'm not saying that he would need to take care of any of them because hell, Kanye ain't about to let that happen, no way. But I'm just saying, and I don't think you should be doing things to taunt your baby daddy or ex-husband or whatever. Um, it's just, you know, it's just not in good taste. It's just in poor taste or whatever. But my whole thing is this too. I also saw a video where um, North was actually sitting on Pete Davidson's lap. They were riding with some, you know, riding in some go-kart or whatever, or and um she was in his lap and now that is a no 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 that's a no no now i remember coming up my mom always taught me you don't sit up and be in grown men's faces you know as a little girl you don't sit up and be in grown men's faces because sometimes as a child you don't know no better you know you just because you're innocent you know you're not thinking that you know you're not thinking of certain things so you know you may be playful you may be in a man's face ah mr salsa ah you know just you know but you know my mom taught me early on like you don't be in no man no grown man's faces and you definitely don't be sitting up on nobody's lap you know what i mean so um yeah, she was basically sitting in his lap. Kim wasn't around. And I didn't like that because, first of all, the things that I've heard about Pete Davidson, I heard that um, Pete Davidson actually has had a past of trauma, drugs, and just mental issues. And not only that, but he was once um, put on blast for making like a creepy-ass joke about children, you know, or a baby or something like that. It was like a sick-ass joke. And I'm like, okay, knowing all of that, you know, why would you even, first of all, why would you even want to date somebody like that? Especially if you have children. And here's my thing. This is what I want to say. People can move on. They can do what they want to do. Okay. As grown men and women, you do what you want to do. But my thing is when there are children involved, as a woman, as a mother, when you have children, you can't move like you would if you was a single woman. I'm telling you, I don't give a fuck if I don't have children. I can speak on this. I don't care. I don't think it's in it's in it's in the best interest of a child. I don't think it's in good taste. I don't think it's in good health that when you have children and you want to get out here and be dating, that's fine. If you want to get out here and date, that is fine. If you want to be a fucking slut, that's fine. But don't do the shit in front of your children. And not only that, like don't be bringing dudes to your house. I am so against that. I'm so against that. Don't be bringing guys to your house and just like with with Benzino with the with the the, the um the the release footage of him getting arrested some years ago and the dude that he was up he was upset because his child's mother Althea she had some nigga over to her house or whatever you know he got a son with her and now he was having a sucker attack because he just loves Althea I guess but also because don't nobody want no strange ass straight ass nigga being around their child you know I just got done telling y'all about some shit you know uh, from my one of my best friend's mom dating a fucking um fucking serial killer and she didn't even know he was a serial killer thank goodness she didn't have her you know my best friend around around him or whatever but i'm just saying like there's a way to go about doing things i mean you don't know who people are sometimes you don't know who you letting in your fucking house you don't i know if i had kids i'm not gonna lie if i had a child or whatever my child ain't meeting nobody i don't give a fuck how much i like you i don't give a fuck how, how good you fucking me i don't care I'm not just bringing someone around my child just because, oh, I like you. You know what I mean? My thing is this, like I said, a woman can do what she wants to do in terms of her dating life. I'm just saying, I think that 
you know, you have to be mindful of your child and your child's feelings and everything. You know, I can't stand when a woman just, just because you think you in love or you liking this dude or what have you, you, you know what I'm saying? You, you want to make your child meet this man or whatever. Hey, meet mommy's new friend, Mr. So-and-so. Let me tell you something. Your kids really don't give a fuck about your new friend. They really don't. They really don't give a fuck to meet Mr. So-and-so. They don't care. All kids really care about is you being mommy, you being present when you need to be. You, you know what I'm saying? You showing up as mommy like you should. You spending time with them. You're attending their football games. You're attending their, you know, uh, cheerleading practices or track track meets or whatever the fuck it is they got going on. You just need to show up as mommy. You you If you want to have your personal dating life outside of being mommy, that's fine. But don't be shoving nobody in your children's face. And that's what I don't respect about what Kim is doing. I don't like that. I don't. And I don't blame Kanye for being upset. You know, that's not cool. So... You know, so many women do that though. And my thing is, you know, you put children in positions that they don't ask to be in. Just because you like this motherfucker don't mean you gotta, like I said, you don't have to shove him in your child's face. And I mean, the same go for men too. You know, men who are not with their kids' moms and um, they start to move on and date other women. You shouldn't date, you shouldn't let all, you shouldn't let every woman you date be around your children. You shouldn't. So, you know, um, kids are sensitive to things, especially if you've been married to their father or their, their mother for a long time. And then now you guys have separated or you guys are divorced or whatever, you know, kids are not ready to see either parent with other people. They're just not. Well, depending on how old they are, I'm say that because if the children are grown, it's like, they probably won't give a fuck because they're doing their own thing. But when they're little, you know, like Kim, Kim and Kanye's children are, oh, that matters. That really matters. But again, I guess because she is dating someone who's also a public figure like she is. I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. I, nah, fuck that. I was still, you, there's still ways that she could date him without them being up all, all up under her kids and her daughter sitting all up in his damn lap. What is she thinking? And then, you know, like I said, he's in his twenties and she's in her forties or whatever. That's not, that's not going to, man, she just doing this just to be doing something. You know, I think Kim K is one of those people that can't be single. I think she's one of those women. And I think Kanye is the same type of person because he's already dating someone too. Like these people are a hot ass fucking mess. (laughs) They are, but you know, I wish them the best. And like I said, I just hope that, um, Kim is careful with these kids around, um, this dude, because you know, Kanye don't play about his kids, honey. We think Kanye, we can call him crazy all we want, but he damn sure crazy when it comes to them kids, as he should be, as he should be. And I don't, I don't think she should take it lightly. And oh, I know Pete's not gonna, oh, Pete's not, no, you don't know this dude. Ugh. So yeah, but yeah, that just that just kind of uh tripped me out when I heard him, him, Pete Davidson's background. Like, oh my gosh, she. Ooh, uh-uh. she got she let North sit up in his lap. Mm-mm. So yeah, um, but yeah, that's what I want to say about that. You know, and like they got some beautiful kids though. They got some really beautiful children. But yeah, like I said, it's not one of them things where I have to have children to be able to speak on shit. Um, you know, I I know that, you know. 
like I said, kids don't ask to be here. And just because mommy and daddy can't get their shit together or mommy and daddy decided to get a divorce, you know, you don't put your kids in just any kind of uncomfortable position. You have to respect your children and how they feel as well, you know? So, mm-mm. that's not cool. That's not cool, Kim K. That's not cool. So, anyway. So, um, was that all I wanted to talk about today? Yeah, I think that was it. Okay, so, all right, y'all. Um, let me get off of here. I got to respond to some text messages I was getting while I was doing this. And I'm about to watch um, Chicago PD. So, all right, y'all. Till next time, catch y'all in the next episode. And don't forget to download, subscribe, and share this part motherfucking podcast it'll like make my day but uh, <laughs> um and don't forget to follow me on social media at conversations with miss marcy well that's on instagram at conversations with miss marcy m-a-r-c-i-e well y'all know how to spell it y'all know how, y'all know by now all right y'all till next time take care peace All right, guys, that's a wrap. And once again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now, don't be stingy. Go ahead and share this podcast. And don't forget to follow on social media. Remember, you might get glad about what I said, or you might get mad about what I said. Either way, I said what I said. Till next time, y'all take care. Bye.